This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 432. Carmen Sauchuk on word triangles as strategic goals. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Welcome back to the program and happy almost end of 2023. And I am massively excited to invite you all to listen to completely, let's call it out, nerd out on this phenomenal conversation that I'll tell you right now, I went into it expecting it to be sort of our standard where we typically have a conversation for like 30, 35 minutes or so. And Carmen and I met at the Mid-America Hypnosis Conference this year in the Chicago area, invited her to come on to the podcast. We got to hang out. She's uh, just wrapping up the ICBCH Train the Trainer program. And you're about to hear the two of us really dive into the artistry of linguistics, as well as creating space for the client to activate change, and how do we bring systems into what we do. And listen all the way through this conversation, because there's probably an interesting piece of praise that I've never given before uh, that I'll, I'll let you know ahead of time. I was in my head before I said it out loud, and I'd give you a quick sort of metaphorical correlation here which like maybe 12 of you will start nodding when I tell you this, which is there's a classic sleight of hand move in playing cards with like a magician would do. It's based in gambling. It's called a classic pass. And the short version of it is the top half and the bottom half change places. So you're basically cutting the cards so quickly. And I'm certain this one card move is the origin of the classic phrase, the hand is quicker than the eye. Because for someone who is skilled at it, it's actually an insult to say, you have the smoothest classic pass I've ever seen. Because by definition, if you can see it, it means they didn't do it well. So I was honestly in my head for the piece of praise and compliments that I drop at the end of the episode. But as soon as you hear it, step one, Carmen was extremely receptive and appreciative of it, so did not offend. And two, it's probably be going to become the reason you'll likely rewind back to the beginning of this specific episode and listen to it all over again and just hear the the artistry, the craft of it. And we're about to dive into this conversation of what meaning can come from methods such as past life regression, what understandings we can create by not just going after a single concept, but a trio of concepts. So you already heard the name of this episode is about word triangles as strategic goals, and stay tuned for some colorful moments talking about pentagons and dodecahedrons. Of course we would here. And uh, with Carmen's work, it's one of diving into creating space for the change to occur, and you're going to hear us also dive into her concept of not quite mindfulness, but instead feelfulness, which is a really fascinating concept. I'm Ultimately proud that I pronounced her name correctly on the first try. It's Carmen Sauchuk. Now that I'm pointing it out, I might be butchering it. But the references that she makes in this episode, we're going to make it easy for you to track down the resources, the books, the way to get in contact with her. This is episode number 432, so you know how we roll around here. Go to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 432. That's where we'll link over to her pages, her website, her LinkedIn, the books, but definitely check it out. And 
Stick around to the end of this one, not just for the fact of the weird praise that I dropped and I was incredibly self-conscious about, but also, also, for anybody out there who is ever in the mode of needing to promote something indirectly, and I'm intentionally planting a seed here and not telling you why, it just becomes a masterclass of how to do things the right way. And by doing it the right way, it's seamless and just... This is the way we ought to close out 2023, people. So here we go. This is session number 432. You can find the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 432 while you're there. Hey, we're about a week and a half away. If you're listening to this when it launches, head over to worksmarthypnosislive.com. That's where you can get access to the upcoming Work Smart Hypnosis Live and online training and certification event. And for transparency, there's a reason why we renamed it from the training and certification program to instead be Work Smart Hypnosis Live, which happens to be a training and certification program. It's because about half the people who classically attend this program, half of them are brand new to hypnosis, and this is the first thing that they're doing to dive into learning. Meanwhile, the other half may be people who are significantly trained and even out there actively working with clients as a professional. And I'd point out that's part of the reason why I migrated my trainings to a different uh, community a number of years ago, and also something that I stand by that I did in my origin journey of getting into hypnosis. I wasn't the one looking at a training going, well, what are they teaching the class? Oh, I know what those topics are. I don't need that. And I know you don't talk in that weird, annoying, snarky voice, so apologies for projecting on that. I know you don't do that. You're, you're better than that. It's those people out there who talk that way. We're not going to talk about them today. This is about you know, a silly time here for the end of the year. But it comes around to how there's the ability to go through a training, and it's not just the nuts and bolts of this topic, this topic, this topic. I will respectfully leave out the name of the individual who one time at a conference I overheard say, oh, what workshop are they doing? Well, I've been doing that technique now for 20 years, so there's no use in me going because I'm not about to change what I already know works. And I just kind of smiled and nodded. And in the back of my head, I thought to myself, we'll keep it clean here. You a-hole. <laughs> yeah, that one. Get out of the industry. The moment you stop learning is the moment where everything stagnates, stifles, and stalls. And that's probably the worst example of a word triangle, so don't use that one. Listen to the examples that Carmen shares in this conversation. But as I was sharing, you can check out the training over at WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. It's a hybrid, live, interactive, online program. Again, half the attendees, brand new, about half the attendees are people who you might recognize. And once again, I've got Dr. Richard Nongard joining me, where we guarantee that this is the leading hypnosis training program taught by Two hypnotists who run their own separate businesses, who are good friends and do not agree on everything, and one lives in Texas and one lives in Florida, and we also have the most number of appropriate anecdotes that are funny about dogs. I mean, that alone. We've, we just own that space right now. I don't want to corner that market, but clearly we got it. Watch the video tour. Check out the dates. You can see there's a budget-friendly option for installment payments. You can also see that there's a better rate for those that may want to pay in full in advance. You get lifetime access to an incredible library. Head over to WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. Check out the details. And with that, let's dive directly in. Listen to this one twice, for real. Here we go. This is session number 432. Carmen Sauchuk on word triangles as strategic goals. 
My introduction to the hypnosis was my own past life regression. I experienced past life regression several. I was looking for something in particular. I figured something happened in my past life that caused a cascade of events and capableness and lack of capableness in my life, only to realize that all of this past life regression, many sessions that I had revealed a very important pattern in my life that although I knew it, it surprised me to be revealed in this particular fashion. Yeah. And curious to ask, were you going into that expecting that to be part of the outcome or is that something that kind of naturally developed from the journey of it? Absolutely. No, I had no expectation. I, I went into past life regression for the purpose of healing, but no. And, and I've learned so much from it. And because of that, it makes me a much better uh, a therapist. Yeah. And would you say that was something that was within your belief systems, your model of the world up until that moment? Or is that absolutely sort of not? Aha. Yeah. No, absolutely not. And it's, it's, and I find uh, with a lot of my clients that when I do a light regression with them, I stay away from past life regression because I've done so many and now I know the secret over the list for me. <laughs> when I do regression with, with my clients, every single one of them, and of course I was surprised to, to find out that all of these images that, that show up in, in, a, in regression and uh, the stories uh, have nothing, well, well, they do have a lot, but they're not real life images. They're not real life stories. And now I understand that how the subconscious works in, in images and patterns and the way they are displayed during regression is mind boggling to every single one because it doesn't make sense in that moment of why those particular images, but eventually one will begin to understand how the subconscious processes and reveals those images and stories during that regression time. I really appreciate that description of it because I, I go back to a moment in a training, which I feel the need to give the brief disclaimer here, which is that growing up, half my family was, they were Jewish immigrants from Poland. The other half were Southern Baptist pig farmers in Virginia. So the moment I bring in my own faith, just Let's use the other people's because that's going to be less confusing there. Yeah, it's where, okay, so for the majority of the people that follow a religion in the world, the majority have that as part of the belief system. And this is often a topic where, let's say in a training, it becomes, no, it's this, no, it's that. And I would say the beauty of it is how do you prove either case? Though really appreciating this angle of looking at it as to this is for some who would say, well, it's just the mind's ability to confabulate and create. And here you are saying, yes, exactly. It's using this ability to create and it's presenting, would you say that they're metaphors or how would you describe it? They're definitely metaphors. I mean, we, we go through so many movies that absolutely metaphors. Eventually, after after the experience, deep healing happens because you release it from release it from from the subconscious, and eventually you begin to understand what has happened and what event or uh, a number of events have transformed into the image that was presented to you during regression. Yeah. How would you say that tends to inform, let's say, the current emotional state? And like, what do we now make use of from that from that discovery, from that information? The release, freedom, peace, happiness, growth, empowerment, <laughs> reclaim your authentic self. It's just so much that that happens.
That's a great list of bullet points for a website. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always, I always ask the question though about, I go back to a moment that I had with a client and she actually was a chaplain for the Navy, which meant that she was doing ceremonies respectful of other faiths. And I was doing, quote, the standard approach to hypnotic age regression, and suddenly she went somewhere different. And the end of the session, she just goes, did I bring you there or did you bring me there? And I explained, here's the whole understanding of language, open-ended questions, and never leading. And she just kind of sits upright and goes, well, that changes a few things, I guess. Thank you. (laughs) And it's, again, we could take that here's what I really appreciate about that perspective of it. We could take that and say, oh, here's why I have this problem. And with this phrasing of it, it's now more in the direction of change. What can I do with it? Correct. And this is where a lot of the shadow work comes in in a very efficient way, not spending a whole lot of time on shadow because the subconscious will will reveal those shadows to you in, in a form of images because this is how subconscious works. Subconscious doesn't work linearly, doesn't work literally. It takes images and patches and constructs, whatever it constructs within you for you. So then it's that's a really quick shadow shadow work. So then at this at this point in the journey where you're on the pathway to study hypnosis and do it professionally, what no. was the pathway before? No, but before <laughs> <laughs> no, but after after the, um, the past life regression, I, during the time, I also did a lot of neurofeedback, biofeedback and neurofeedback for the purpose of tending to lower anxiety, which I was never, I never agreed to the fact that my anxiety was high. Uh, I was new in the United States and I did have a lot of stress uh, related to being newer and having an accent and not finding the words properly. And people would interrupt me and some people would think less or all because I wouldn't find the words. So that caused uh, um, a great amount of stress, but never caused an anxiety about who I was or my capacity. So in addition to having digestive issues, doctors recommended to decrease anxiety. So I, I took a class in stress, stress reduction class at, at the a closer hospital. It was given by an LCSW. It was a session of five classes on a, on a Wednesday evening. And in that class, I learned that the quickest way <laughs> to reduce the stress and, and, and eliminate, well, lower, closely eliminate anxiety was meditation and neurofeedback. And of course, I went, I went for neurofeedback right away. It took me a while to find a practitioner. And then I started to research meditation because I wasn't going to sit in a lotus position and, and do the mudras and go, and look at that. There wasn't. There wasn't me. I was just so a bit more linear at the time. So then I found out sound meditation through binaural beat, uh, which is uh, named Holosync. And that taught me how to meditate because there was sound over there and it kept me entrained. It kept me busy with something. Therefore, I was, it was easy to go into alpha, theta, brainwave state and automatically go into meditation mode. But that was just the beginning, Jason. After that, after once I saw what these experiences have done for me, 
and the way they reduced the stress. And my response to people that would correct my accent, (laughs) (laughs) it changed. It changed so quickly because if they would correct what I said, what do you think I would say back to them? Well, that's what I said, what you hear. I I love that because the direction of that where – I mean, correct me on this, that part of that was here was the gut reaction, here was the automatic response to the idea of meditation. And instead, to look at it from the scientific point to go, here's where I'm moving towards, here's how I can measure that something is actually happening, that's where the neurofeedback came in, and then it's where, just like hypnosis, meditation is a category. It's a chapter header and something that was more filling the mind as opposed to clear the mind of everything and it's really mirroring the journeys that a lot of our clients are on and helps to kind of mirror too how with hypnosis, it's that directed process. It's that, it's that guided process. I was curious to ask, what was the, what was the career path? What was the journey before the hypnosis appeared? (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to believe this. (laughs) I worked in a corporate world as a financial uh, accountant. I've done a lot of financial uh, analysts, a lot of financial statements and audit and the, the beauty uh, of that, I've never done income tax. That's just a bit too boring. <laughs> the, the position that, that I held in, in a corporate environment allowed me for creativity. And I've improved so many systems and I've added so much efficiency. And because I work with system and audit, I had to have a very clear understanding of how a transaction comes in, what it has to go through, and what it has to arrive in a proper legal gap type of way. So that that particular skill set of understanding systems and audit comes in so handy in hypnosis, working with the clients, working with their subconscious, helping them get to that achievable outcome. It's fantastic. Because here, here I am in a corporate, in a, as a financial accounting, in a linear world, and everybody thinks it's just so linear. Actually, not everything is linear. And then here we are working with with someone's mind and heart, and we think that it's just so all over the place and it's not linear. There is some linearity to it. So for me, looking for similarities is very, very important. Well, you mentioned, I mean, I'm going to go to a term that's often used the wrong way, (laughs) which is that of creative accounting. But I even go to, okay, yes, the boring part, but thankfully I have someone who thinks it's fun and I pay him to do the taxes and organize it with me. And it's this, he's referred to it at times as this almost juggling act, which is, okay, well, if you're going to take that deduction, it puts you in this category, which means you can't claim this one. And if you do this though, which yes, find someone who loves that stuff so you don't have to, yet it's the same as balancing out when it's that client who might have the whole laundry list of goals. And sometimes we're able to guide through the process and find what's that thing that's bringing everything together? What's that thing that's holding everything back? And then how do we engineer that process? Which I'm sure this, I think, seamlessly kind of brings us over to the topic that uh, we're going to dive into here. So I'll let you kind of take the stage here and share about word triangles. Yes, word triangles is a phenomenal efficiency to problem solving. 
word triangles are constructs of evocative words which are meticulously arranged in triplicate structure that forms a powerful linguistic tool. That's a mouthful, isn't it? That is, yeah. I'm assuming you've got some examples. <laughs> yes, we, we, we're going to talk about some examples, but before I get into it, I want to mention that word triangles, there is an intention uh, behind it. And when we intentionally arrange evocators, movers, and descriptors, which are key components to hypnotic language, to therapy, to personal growth, to life coaching, this become key component to achieving an outcome. What does the client want to achieve? So instead of spending, I don't know, 30 sessions in talk therapy, you can, you can address this with one or two or three word triangles. Now, what the word triangles, as a practitioner, we get to access a different kind of language that is vague, it's evocative, and it's nuanced because it speaks directly to the emotional core of the client, which is always, always going to foster therapeutic transformation and self-discovery, which is the ultimate goal of a client coming to seek us. And the beauty of hypnosis is that when people come to us, they are ready to change something. They, they are not into the mindset, oh, let me talk about it and get it off my chest. Mm. They are ready to change something. And when we begin to use word triangles, they're going to grab something from one word or two words or three words that is going to evoke resources within them for them to solve or partially resolve a problem. And I'm going to give you the, the most basic word triangles that has to do with the self, with individual. Because when somebody comes to see us, they want to resolve something within themselves. They don't come here to talk about other people like you're doing talk therapy, right? Yeah. So a very basic word triangle, it's capable, certain, content. What are you going to do with it? So let me give you an example. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you, once I give you this, and I'm sure a lot of ideas popped in, into your minds, like what you're capable of, what you're not, what you're certain of, and what you're not. Are you content? Are you not? These are the first that's the first automatic habit of polarity. So because we're going to arrange words as three, at least we, be, we begin with three, we begin to rearrange and reconstruct this polarity because now you have more than two choices than either or up and down, left and right. So capable, certain content, it's very easy to achieve. If I'm going to ask you, Jason, would you find the feeling of capable? You're going to say, well, I don't know right now because I'm dealing with a lot of technology. There's so many. Am I capable? Kind of or whatever other doubts are going to, to come into your mind. But if I am going to ask you, uh, uh, Jason, um, what about you being capable of breathing? Oh, yes, yes, I am capable of breathing because you're breathing right now because you're talking, right? And then if I ask you about certain, you probably say, well, Carmen, you don't know my plate. I'm not certain about this and that. I said, okay, Jason, let's just keep it simple. We're just going to look at your hand, how many fingers you have on one hand. And you can say, oh, I have five. And then I go, are you sure you're five? So, yeah, sure. They're certain. 
So we go at the very, very basics with the swords because it's like seeds you water. And when you water the seeds, they're going to, they're going to grow into beautiful, beautiful flowers and most important fruits. So it is the fruits we want to arrive, but you know, to arrive at the fruits, we have to uh, place the seeds. And then, and then I'm going to ask you about content. I'm not going to go into happy just yet. <laughs> <laughs> we got, we're gonna we're gonna stay staying content and and if I'm gonna ask you, Jason, maybe you can find a feeling of content and you can say, Well, well, you don't know. I said, Well, maybe you're content about the fact that you're breeding and you have five fingers. Because what would the opposite of that be? So I'm taking you with a capable being capable of breeding, which is so basic and so needed, and you being certain she have five fingers, which thank God you don't have less or more, and that evokes a particular set of experiences, not just one, it's many, many experiences. What I really appreciate from that is to look at capable, and I'm gonna have to give the shortest version of this here, I think back to a specific client who I saw that the biggest fear was quitting smoking. How will I go to the store and not buy them? And simply put, he came up with a bit of a colorful list of items that he had never purchased before that helped to define, oh, I know how to do this. And certain, uh, talking about weight loss clients. And what's great about this is that these are themes that naturally occur as opposed to having to interject a new emotion. So certain... I know my own name. You know, I know that today was kind of a funny schedule and I know that I need to go to the UPS store down the road by the end of the day and I know they close at 7 and I've got plenty of time to do that, which is not the biggest conflict, but I'm certain of even small things and content it's things that are in motion, things that are happening and it's where uh, what I appreciate from that is that sometimes practitioners can make this mistake of going for too much of the goal too quickly. And it's not to say it's not possible. It's to say that there might be some sort of in-between stage that's much more realistic and might even be the better, the better flavor of the change. Oh, absolutely. That's why war triangles are so powerful. And I had, I had to write the book and I, I've been, I've been using war triangles for a very, very long time with, with great success. But let me let me tell you what cable certain content will eventually take you after this very basic examples, because once now you just observe yourself from now on, how often you're gonna notice how capable you are over simple things, over big things as well, and certain and content over small and big things from now on. Because these words are important to you and they're they're evocative, but after after you someone grasps this triangles uh, good enough i'm actually directing you to confidence without directing you directly to confidence because confidence is such an iffy uh, experience people come to us because they need a bit more confidence in something, with something, about something. So suggesting to them to be a bit more confident, it's just going to be a little, you know what, I've heard it enough. Thank you, goodbye. I came to you to do something different. It's the flip side of a word like procrastination, which procrastination is kind of the easy thing to blame. And it's often the thing that shows up, but the procrastination is not often the issue. And 
the same as the word confidence can mean something different from one person to another. And yeah, looking for something that we're content, certain, capable of in advance. And that's going to bring us naturally to that confidence. Yes, naturalistic, simple, yet effective systems. Love it. Love it, nerd. Anyway, so (laughs) are there other examples of these triangles then? Yes. Let me give you this. One of my favorite examples is attention, allocation, deliberate practice. (laughs) Okay. Now, every practice, well, everybody at work and every practitioner better allocate their attention and deliberately practice what needs to be practiced for you to get good at it and achieve results. So attention, attention is an intention that is needed as a catalyst for change. You don't have intention, what are you going to change without intention? Well, you can break things, but there's another point when it comes to us in, in hypnosis, hypnotherapy. In attention, not because not all of your experiences will coincide with your current set of perception, current set of beliefs, we talked about beliefs earlier, with your current views of, of the world. So because these are revealed, the deeper ones are revealed in aha moments. So we're looking for aha moments. Allocation, attention allocation, In allocation, you become aware of your assumption and you enter self-reflection. While you're going to increase your attention mode, observation, focus, concentration, by allocating and immediately become aware of your assumption, enter self-reflection, and you'll begin to see which pieces of your previous beliefs are disorganized, which values, which perception. And you'll begin to welcome the self-regulating and transformation towards adaptive states. Now, that's a mouthful again. Now, let's go to deliberate practice. With deliberate practice, you begin to acknowledge the newly acquired beliefs and perception, and you become efficient at being able to implement them. And this is going to, to change your beingness in relation to the world around you, otherwise known as expanding your consciousness. But this is going to take you again to awareness. We can never stop increasing awareness. So attention, allocation, deliberate practice will take you very far in everything you do. What's really great about that as a sequence, too, is that it's so easy for the mind to go, I don't have that, I can't do that, or I'm not there, I don't have the skill, and, it, and it's applying a sequence to it that's logical, that first we have to focus on it, then we have to, with allocate, I, go, I look at that as a time thing, make time for it, but then deliberately practice it as well, deliberately There's a magician mentalist performer by the name of Mark Salem, he does an act that the story that I've best heard of his, I've seen him live before, but I have a friend who told the story of goes, I saw him play the Sydney Opera House with just a pack of index cards and golf pencils. <laughs> and the end of the show, he explains to the audience, I haven't been reading your mind. I cannot predict your future. 
everything can be explained easily. A five-year-old could do everything that I've done this evening after 45 years professional training and experience. Thank you. Good thoughts. Have a good night. <laughs> and it's the benefit of not saying it's so easy a five-year-old could do it. It's so easy the five-year-old could put in the effort to get better at it. And I, I'd be curious to hear your thought on this because I'd say this is a category where I will say I've lost a few fans on this topic over the years, which is I am 100% certain that miraculous change can occur with hypnosis. Incredible things can happen in a rapid amount of time. Yet to look at this example as to, yeah, but it's still a skill set. Here was the opera singer who was not having confidence and she corrected me when I said hitting the note and she corrected me that no, 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 she's caressing the note, which I didn't make that mistake ever again with her. Uh, yet it was at some level of it, here's the emotional side of the change that we can work on, but the end of it becomes, here's the skill set, here's the technique, here's the practice, here's the preparation. Here's the ability that has to be there. So it's it's bringing in a, a practical approach to it, which then speeds up the magical transformation too. Yes, yes, you are correct. And the thing with the skill set, everybody in life is a skill set. Emotion, being able to manage emotion, it's, it's a skill set. But when we're about to employ a skill, we need to feel good about it and confident about it. Confidence is an issue. So many people are correcting you. This particular lady corrected you because that was her area of expertise. You in the situation weren't interested in doing a perfect, hitting a perfect note. You probably just want to have a little bit of fun. You wanted to do a little bit better, but you kind of enjoyed yourself. So in, in that particular moment, you look and it's like, oh, okay, she's critical because she needs to be critical because she wants me to improve myself. But at the same time, I'm capable and I'm certain that I want to enjoy me. I'm content with what I'm doing. I'm taking her feedback and I will make it better for the next time. But meanwhile, I'm confident in who I am today. Being confident, I will be better later when need to be. I'm only going to ask this because I'm aware of your background and your other expertise. And this is already published, so don't change it. I'm looking at this and I'm seeing a linear pathway of first I'm capable, then I'm certain, then I'm content. The first I'm, and it might just be because it's the order that I heard it. I'm putting attention to something. I'm allocating the abilities to make it happen. And then I'm deliberately practicing. What makes it the triangle as opposed to the step one, step two, step three? <laughs> See how your conscious mind requires linearity and it requires to make sense of something. So if I'm going to give you something linear, you'll take it and your subconscious mind will create experiences for you together with a conscious mind, of course, and will deliver you what needs to be delivered. And when you experience yourself, this triangle is not always going to be in this linear form, capable, certain, content. Most often you will find yourself content that you are capable or certain, or you are certain that you're content and capable. And only these three words can bring you so many different stories and creates different set of experiences for you 
to acknowledge, to register, to empower yourself, to transform. And later on, when you begin to intentionally use these word triangles to shift them into an experience ahead of times, miracles do happen. They happen with me. And this is how I, I came out with, with a, a terminology of word triangles. It's yeah. sticky. Well, it's the fact that there's, there's no end to it. It keeps the cycle going. Yes, and you can have as many triangles as you want. There we go. Hey, you got another one? Yes, I have, I have another one. Another one will be reclaim genuine self. Right, there's a beautiful little sentence. Isn't it? All right, so reclaim genuine self. Let's, let's take another approach to it. How about using this reclaim genuine self with an audience to empower the audience to reclaim their genuine self? Because you already reclaim your genuine self when you went to Cave of a Certain Content. Well, let's, let's change the content to happy, Cave of a Certain Happy. So the way you would use this with an audience is an act of empowerment and self-love. A lot of people are not the word of self-love. It will uplift you and them at the same time. So you might say, you might say to your audience, hello, everybody. This is what we're doing today. But today, let's reclaim our genuine selves. It's time to embrace our individual power and recognize this incredible diversity among us because we're all unique and we must celebrate that. We must focus on each other's kindness, courage, and strength, and all the beauty in all of us, thus reclaiming our genuine self. Nice. So would you say that this is something that stands on its own? This is something that supplements another modality of work at times, or I'm assuming both? Both, both. In what triangles create an experience, every humans and animals and even plants, they have experiences. So when, when you begin to use the word triangles to step into an experience, you have an intention ahead of time, you are going to be much more successful at it. But before we do that, it, it takes a little bit of practice for you to be able to be aware of and acknowledge that you've created part of the experience that you stepped into. But before that, this word triangles are highly evocative and they're so powerful with hypnosis or life coaching. You don't have to be deeply hypnotized to, to, to use this word triangles. But as a therapist, as a hypnotherapist, as a hypnotist, hypnotherapist, these become a um, necessary tool for you to employ in today's current world because duality, polarity, it's not the way life goes about anymore. And even younger generation, they're not taking it. They No chance they're going to stand for it anymore. They want choices. And we want to move from black and white. When you, when you put three words together, you have more choices, you have options. 
and ambiguity and vagueness in hypnosis are at most important, unless you're on stage and want to make people cluck like a chicken, but that's not what we're doing in therapy. Which even with that one, though, for stage hypnosis, it lets you use a classic routine where it's getting warmer and warmer. It doesn't carry the same entertainment value or even hypnotic quality if it's something that could play as just simply Simon says. It's getting really cold out here. Grab onto yourself. Rub your arms. Rub your arms of the person next to you. And they're just doing the exact same thing. And what you just shared is the same way that these principles can be applied over to even on the entertainment side. It's the power of the ambiguous suggestion. It's getting really cold out here. You've got to find a way to keep yourself warm. And then the person on stage needs to then shut the hell up and just let the magic occur (laughs) versus calling every step of it the same as leaving space for the client to make their own discoveries and epiphanies. It's where I've had training events before where I've had to be the one to go, okay, so let's do that again. And this time, stop doing as much hypnosis. What? Stop telling them. You can now feel that confidence moving up your chest. You can feel it moving into your shoulders. You can maybe instead, well, let's use these words, as you're reclaiming that genuine self, notice what's different. And it's giving them the space now to create. Correct. As you notice how capable you are of breeding, because we forget (laughs) how breeding, how important breeding is, how much we have issues with it. And the fact that now everybody's thinking about their breathing, it's no longer natural. (laughs) We got you. We got you. Yeah. I want to make sure we have time for a theme that I know this this plays into, which would be not quite mindfulness, yet I'll let you take it from here. It would be feelfulness. I think this is what you what you are trying to get into. Yes. Feelfulness is a term I coined back in 2011, shortly after playing with war triangles and after really finding the feeling of the words. For me, it was rather easy to do because I was very playful. I was curious. I mean, what can happen when you just feel something? So feelfulness takes mindfulness to bigger heights. Before we get there, I must mention that everybody, (laughs) that's a guru, it's a coaching, it helps you to find the feeling of, even hypnotists and therapists, they said, find the feeling of, but nobody teaches you how to find the feeling of. Like earlier, I brought you the triangle of capable, certain, and and content, and your mind immediately went to what's not capable, what's not certain, what's not content. So then when you you tell someone to find the the word capable, it's like, oh, you don't know. But when I'm giving you examples of metaphor of how you can find that, then it's easy to arrive at it. And I, I remember me... Many years ago, after I stumbled upon this word triangles, well, I coined the term word triangles as well. When I stumbled upon it, and I would listen to inspirational, spiritual speeches, like big gurus, big guys, I'm not going to mention any names because there's plenty of them. I would agree with them. I say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the way, that's the way, sure, sure. But I would notice there's, they would, after a while, I would notice that they will not tell you how to do it. And then I was like, oh, 
that just they're just telling you what to do but not how to do it then how are you going to implement that you just go ahead and drive a car well i don't know and i never drove a car well let, let me swoop in for a quick moment here because is there value of leaving it ambiguous i forget who this was oh, i'm blanking on it now and it was someone who made the statement that they removed the word deeper from their hypnosis because it was never defined. And since it might be confusing to the client, they never said it, to which I said, that's the reason why I use the word. <laughs> and it's the fact of how I not quite, it, it could be uh, adjacent in the next door neighborhood of the uh, triangles, but just simply a listing pattern. It may be a feeling, it may be a sensation, it may be a newer understanding, whatever that is for you. And it's, it's where we're kind of creating that open-ended thing and I give the description of, again, like training a hypnosis course, and it's to ask the people after doing a demo, what was that like for you? And you're going to get a different answer from everyone because of the subjective nature. So how, how do we ride that balance of teaching the how to feel without inadvertently directing? Well, you sign up for my, for my classes. I'm going to- There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, hang on, hang on, hang on. You have so freaking earned it at this point. You just came on here and solidly taught. I'm going to make this easy. We're going to keep going for a bit here, but uh, I'm just going to get this part out of the way. I'm going to plug it in advance. I'm going to get all the links from Carmen. This is episode 432. So go to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 432. We'll put all the links, all the uh, details over there. Uh, but hey, while we're here, what is that step towards teaching that that feeling nature okay let me let me let me give let me give you this there is a stimulus and response automated mechanism in everything that that we do ambiguity and vagueness is it's a cornerstone in in hypnosis but because stimulus response because of automatic uh, mechanism because of ambiguity and, and vagueness people immediately act upon a word that triggers an experience, a stimulus uh, response, that's an emotional reaction without further consideration. And if I am to take the words freedom, fair, realistic, respect, justice, every single of this word, and feel free to make triangles out of them. Carmen, no, that was a word pentagon. Yes, but we can make triangles out of it. <laughs> it was a pentagon intentionally correct. There we go. Which has a triangle pointed side on one part. So there we go. It's still still on theme. Yeah. So well, you you can make a triangle of uh, a fair, freedom, realistic. Yeah. You can you can make another triangle of fair, justice, realistic, freedom, respect, realistic you will get a story in every single triangle. Once we get very good at triangles, then we're going to go into quadruples and pentagons and sextagons and octagons and many guns. We'll have you back on when the book on word dodecahedrons comes out and we'll get that. 12, 12, 12. pentagons. There's 12 pentagons. I already work with a dodecahedron. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's where, here's where I'm getting excited about this. It's to look uh -huh. at how it's... We can do a, here's an example, We can. this might be something you've already done, in which case, call dibs on it. Uh, it it's the fact that we can guide a process of self-hypnosis 
And we also could then do things that become hypnotic in nature. And here's the way that for some people, it's a word. For some people, it's a specific action. And here's where it's this sort of extension of that, which is then allowing one simple concept. And it's not necessarily defined by this one specific thing. It's always this, it's always that. It's instead, what specifically does it mean to you in that moment? Correct. Correct. And I want to underline something that hypnotic doesn't mean a loss of control. Hypnotic, the main tool in, in hypnosis, besides war triangles, of course, because we're on a positive of, of war triangles, is suggestion and positive suggestion. So hypnotic means being influenced positively to achieve a desired outcome. So war triangles are one of the most important bases in feelfulness, feel a feeling by choice, because feelfulness provides techniques where a feeling or emotion in English language and feelings, the word feeling is used instead of an emotion in other languages, it's not the same. So feelfulness provides techniques where a feeling or emotion is experienced in anticipation with the use of your thought feelings. We use linear and nonlinear together to create miracles. By using evocative words in a form of word triangles, evocators, movers, descriptors, which create a positive attitude and confidence, of course, and it would lead to generating a state of being. Yeah. And it's that what I'm hearing is also this balance between the artistic approach as well as the strategic approach. And it's hitting the client from multiple angles and letting them create along the journey too. Oh, it's very strategic. It's very strategic. And, and with my clients in on intake and on feedback, of course, they tell me what they want to achieve, what they want to work on it, what is their difficulty. And I take the negative of what they want to transform and I find this evocative words and sometimes 20 minutes part of the hypnosis, if, if I run a, a session longer than that, okay, let's take 15 minutes. All I do is repeat those, I use the words with them adverbs, verbs, adverbs. And sometimes I make a lot of stories with, with this word. Sometimes I don't. Depends what, what comes to me. But the effect of this words, the client's results, is, it's mind-boggling. I know that I'm using the proper therapeutic words for them. And it's not just typical vagueness as if maybe another typical vague words in hypnosis, but because these words, they evoke a specific, it's a stimulus reaction uh, with him. They all respond to, to, to these words in specific ways. The subconscious will also allow their past conditioning to be uh, loosened up a little bit overcome this, some of the barriers, not all of them, not at once, because we don't want to switch all that that quickly, and go achieve results. 
and not in a formula like this is how you do math, this is the alphabet, this is uh, so many other things, these are the numbers, this is how you write numbers, this is how you write alphabet, this is how you put letters together to form words. No, because it's, it's evocative and everybody has their own experiences. And it's creating the space for that experience too. Yes, yes, in the way that is good for them. So you hinted at it before. Where can people find out more? Yes. How can they get in contact with you? How can they get started? Well, they can find me through my website at feelfulness.org, O-R-G, feelfulness. <laughs> if, if you're going to search this in Google, it's going to show up with fear. No, it's not fear. <laughs> F-E-E-L-fullness.org, O-R-G. You see part of why I cheat for you and just tell people worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 432. It'll bring you over. You'll see a big old link over there. That way too. There, there you go. Already you have two different ways to easily find me. Feelfulness.org, worksmarthypnosis slash was a podcast. podcast. 432. Yeah. 432. (laughs) And also I'm, they can reach me on LinkedIn under feelfulness. And we'll put links to all that there over in the show notes. Could I give you one of the weirdest and obscure compliments I can possibly give? Mm-hmm. And this is also a call to action for everybody to go back and listen to this episode from the beginning once again, because I'm aware that you know what you're doing. I'm also aware that you do it so damn naturally And it's just the blending of the natural embedded command and the leaning into your language, the intentionality. It's been just a joy to listen. And I'm over here smiling and nerding out. But it brings brings about this understanding that there is artistry to what we do, but there also, as you said, there's systems that are inside of it. And as soon as we understand the systems, that's how we then are more easily able to then lean into the methods when it's the right time and also then make the decisions when it's not the time to emphasize something. So it just so natural. Love it. All right. I love it too. <laughs> Before we wrap up, any final thoughts for the listeners out there? Yeah, sign up for my classes. <laughs> By the book is out. Uh, the, you can find my book, uh, the book on my website only uh, thus far. Uh, listen to this podcast again. Sign up for the classes. Sign up for individual one-on-one, more information, play with the word triangles, make your own triangles that work best for you, come and learn more ways to work with triangles. I, in the book, I offer a lot of word triangles. And you're making me break my form that I've now done for 430 plus episodes where we always crop it to give you the last word, but I just want to take a moment for the listeners out there and just put it this way. You see how that's done? where Carmen came on, massive value, pulled back the curtain, walked us through it, taught, and it was so natural at the end to go, here's where to get more. So, hey folks, you know where to get more. Hey, it's Jason Lynette here once again. And as always, thank you so much for engaging with our phenomenal guests, diving into dialogues with them inside of our Work Smart Hypnosis community. You can see exactly how to catch up with Carmen by heading over to the page attached to this episode, which is worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 432. That's where you can find the links to her social, to her website, to her various books. And while you're there on the interwebs, also check out Work Smart Hypnosis Live. It's all about confidence, 
creativity and flexibility, stepping into your own feeling of being content and creative and awesome in what you do. I'm Jason Lynette. Happy almost new year, everybody. We'll see you next year. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com.